0: with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody,
1: and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett, and with me to go through the fantastic return to form of the mighty Reds against Ajax. I'm joined by another full compliment. Um, my, first of all, my namesake, our resident physio analyst and pressing data collection expert. It's <laughs> Mr. Daniel Rhodes. Evening, Rosie. Evening, mate. It's nice to be discussing a win and a convincing performance. Absolutely. Who doesn't love that? Yes. Um, and then we have the dynamic sports science duo, First of all, it's uh, it's Mr. Friday Night Lights. He's only here for a short while because he's he has an engagement. It's it's uh, it's he's coming directly from his ivory tower. It's Mr. Phil Barter. Evening, how, we, he'll... Do
2: how are we doing, boys? What a win that was, eh? What a win! Yeah, what a win!
1: Fun, absolute actual fun.
2: Actual fun watching the Reds.
1: <laughs> yeah, actual fun, and it's been a while. And to- see <laughs> somebody who likes fun. It's Mr. Simon Brundish. Good evening, boys. Nice win. Good week. Off for a busy week, next one. And that's just you working for England, I guess, right?
3: Yes, just boring stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, you're going to be a, you know, a sports scientist related to the national team. That's, you know, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so we have um, a massive, uh, massive match to discuss, but we're going to keep it simple. We are simply going to look at this match in the context of the Napoli game and the league form, and we're going to look at what changed um and we're going to do that in a various number of levels um but before we go into that we're going to start as we always do with the with the lfc um lineup lineups and game plan um so sigh um how did we line up for this one after that was it a week week off to stew on eight days
3: yeah it, it was it was six days wasn't it it was Wednesday to Tuesday right um but um it's full training week with with proper full planning tr- training in there. Um uh, the big 3v changes, Matip, um, Tiago, and Jota, that's that's a hell of a triumvirate to bring into the team.
1: Isn't it? Um
3: oh Jesus, and, and with different qualities too. So you've got so you've got the the power, speed, and like punchy long-range passing of Gomez into the silky um I don't know, a front foot genius of uh and he- ball and aerial carrier quality yeah of of Matip. So Matip is our biggest ball carrier and the player that creates the most um uh progressive um uh, meters per touch um in the team. Um so that's quite a big change of how we can play out. And then added to that you have the greatest player ever to play for Liverpool, Thiago. Um, and you have got the the um, the running and killer instincts and the insane pressing of Jota coming in for Bobby. Who oh, maybe we just see moments of for Bobby. I don't know. He was he, he seemed to be good in the uh, in the massive nine nil in, but uh, um, he's not been at his best uh, for a while now. So it was great to have it was great to have those three back. Um, and the rest of the team stayed as it is. I, I think there was some conversation around Elliot uh, playing, but um, you kind of got the security blanket of Fab and Thiago back there. So it was kind of good. I, did you think Darwin should play? I don't know. I think that was the only other discussion, wasn't it?
1: No way. No way. No, I mean, I I, I, I thought, I said on the pre, pre-season preview, I thought it was going to, you know, bar an injury, it would have been, just, this front three would have started the season against Fulham, no question. I think Darwin has to be integrated into to the team. So, but I, I love Jota. As you, you know me. I'm a. <laughs> I, I was I was uh, when the day we signed him, I was more excited on the doing the the, the transfer pod for him than I was for Thiago. Because <laughs> <I, laughs> yeah, there you go. That's just me being weird. Yeah. <laughs> um. But um. So talk to me about Ajax.
2: So, Ajax only made one change. Um, they typically play a, a 4-3-3. And they have not lost a game all season apart from the other night against us. Uh, they have fairly simple and, you know, well-known principles. Play out from the back, you know, play three thirds. Um, but I think they, had a, for me, they had a slight tweak. Um, they changed their midfield setup to a 2-1 rather than a, th- a 3 um I'm not even going to pronounce the, who they played at the weekend but they, at the weekend they played a flat 3 um with uh cleverson in uh, the six and uh, not the six position the number 6 sorry they dropped him out and put uh burgos in the 10 role uh which is number 23 for those keeping up and uh four and eight uh ended up being that's uh the double pivot which is a very similar move that Napoli did so Napoli typically play with a with a 3 against us they switched to a double pivot and played a 10 so as we as we sort of spoke about teams working out or trying to copy principles that have worked well against us they seemingly decided right we'll have a four have two in front and then have a 10 and and three runners and see how that works but rather than be as direct as Napoli did they still fairly as, as we'll come on to try to get the keeper to play out and only eventually did they play long into Tad- Tadic and Bergwijn on the yeah. wings so but it still wasn't their go-to tactic whereas what? Napoli definitely changed that tactic
1: yeah yeah but but you know ajax Dutch. It's the, it's the philosophy of the club then they're, they're never exactly change, they're, they're never, never going change change. to never. Never
2: change that way but they I was thought it was interesting that they definitely changed the midfield chain uh to play against us Yes. Uh, um, Yeah, but that's it. A marginal change. Uh, A couple of well-known players in that have come to the Prem and gone back again. So, um, yeah, there you go. You said said
4: four and eight, Phil. Surely even you can pronounce Kenneth Taylor.
2: I can do Kenneth Taylor, (laughs) yes. Yes, I can pronounce Kenneth Taylor. (laughs) And Alvarez. Alvarez, there we go. I could do the other one.
1: (laughs) Um, And just on Ajax, I think it's worth noting that the 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 three models that we typically look at from time to time particularly when we're playing European games, uh, about um, team rankings and club, club strength. And, and Ajax are, uh, on Euro Club Index at the lowest, they're 17th best team in Europe, according to Euroclub Index. Mm-hmm. On 538, they are 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th highest, uh, 7th best. And on club ELO, they're also 7th. So, I mean, that's no mean feat, the play you're playing, no, they're, they're a good side. Also, uh,
2: I know we're slightly ahead of the match summary, but this the XG and XGA are almost the reverse of the Rangers game. Yeah, the so r- Rangers they created two point four <clears throat> and conceded, um, sorry, and uh, only let Rangers create uh, 0.4, Should we say for us it was all around? So, yeah, but no, they they, are, they on the rankings they're a very good side. But as you've always pointed out, Darv, that's slightly inflated by the
1: invisible uh, end- um level of quality. Um, yes, I, yeah, I i got my doubts particularly about the um um five thirty eight yeah. ranking model and stuff. But you know, Club BLO is a lot harder to argue with, isn't it? Because you know it's, True, but it's, two, it's two out of it's, three
2: yeah. have got a seventh in Europe, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a hard one, isn't it? But I agree. You've got you, some think good
4: results, something not they in the Champions League in recent seasons? They have, very, I think
2: it, when they've come to the, the when they've come to the sort of the knockouts, I think they've Apart from the season they got to the final, I think they've a little bit. But you know, yeah, they're they're a good side. They're not. They're not. But they're not. To be bad. fair.
3: To be fair, they sold seven first teamers, and yeah. they, got two, they got two absolute kids in the team who yeah. who looked good and played well. But the, the, this is the we have no. We talked up about like our transition, whatever. We're in a, a a stage of transition. They're in a stage of absolute transition. Yeah.
2: yeah. Rebuild, complete rebuild.
3: So they've they've yeah. they've changed nineteen players in two years.
4: Yeah, and and their and their sporting director and manager were absolutely fuming that they had to sell Antonia with such little time left to replace him with. Even, well, but to, it, to be honest, not, though, I do they
1: couldn't refuse, so they had to do it. I don't think that, they, I don't think they minded because they, it was it was basically fifty percent of their annual turnover was annual. Yeah, yeah, I, know, I was
2: going to say it is their model as well, right? We talk about the principles, but their principles are also to buy low, sell high, right? Sure. It, it, that is also the... But I'm not saying that matters. this is the beginning
3: time. of their cycle of their... For sure, like, for sure. So, so, yeah, this isn't yeah. a well-rehearsed team, Rather other than the IX way is how all of their kids play from six. Exactly.
2: All yeah. the way through. So they're so,
3: young kids coming through, but the new signings don't, aren't well, well-versed no. and well-rehearsed. No, I no. agree. And, okay. and they're, they're replacing seven first-teamers. So this is a proper team in transition. Yeah. This is a team... I'd suggest, without trying to take too much icing off our cake, is that we, it is, their instruction is to do the thing that we love playing against, and they aren't that rehearsed at doing that thing yet, so this might have been a really, really good opportunity for us to play against them,
1: yeah. I haven't been able to verify the exact fixture, Rosie, but I don't know if we've got posts on TTT at all, but wasn't this something like Ajax only like, got 37 games unbeaten away from home in a row until this one?
4: Oh, I, I wasn't aware of that. Surely not in the Champions League. Not in Champions. No, in all, in all competitions. <clears throat> oh, wow, like some... some. How did they lose then in the Champions League? How did they go out? Did someone beat them at home?
1: Yeah, Benfica beat them at, at, in, in Amsterdam. Oh, there, there you go. Well, yeah, they, they, I, go. Think, I think they drew in I think they drew in Benfica... Uh, Lisbon, and I think, um, yeah. and then Darwin scored a header, knocked him out. Ah, of course, I do remember that game now. Yeah, but yeah, it's something, it's something ridiculous. I, I mean, you know, it, it's a really, really high. I'm really sorry, stats fans, that we haven't got the accurate stat on that one, but it is a massive, massive number anyway. But anyway, Ajax. That's enough about Ajax for now. Um, let's talk about. Um, let's talk about those differences. And first of all, I we're going to start with the most basic one of all, effort because it's (laughs) fair to say we've given the lads a bit of stick on this podcast and they've got a lot of stick in public haven't they but for some rather lackadaisical performances um but this was this was very much back to form i think
3: yeah i have been one of the um uh, trying to defend players and their honour and their integrity and saying uh, this seems like there are other psychological in, uh, factors in rather than just effort, um, and maybe physiological factors in fatigue. I'm sure they're all tired. I'm sure it's worn them out, losing, having played so intensely for five years, putting up record league numbers and stuff and still losing to City. It must be devastating and it must be hard to motivate yourselves but in the last couple of games as brilliant as the turnaround was it kind of points to that being an effort thing because something switched and all of a sudden their motivation came back in a in a very real quantifiable sense of they now started running a lot more than they had been and a lot faster for longer so um, are we up? I think uh, high-speed running was up. I, I can't get the numbers up in my screen. Um, on my it's screen, it's not opening.
1: You know the, the PDF's not opening for you. No. Okay, so it was up um, over uh, four hundred on Napoli and four hundred and fifty on the season, at the Premier League season average.
3: Right there, you go. Yeah. So that's plenty. So that's quite a quite a significant jump up uh, on on just I, rather than just napoli just on the premier league
1: season 43% more versus the season average in the premier league
3: which is just absurd isn't it so but it was very obvious visually watching that uh, suddenly players started sprinting across the pitch. I think there was to be fair there were there were 17 more turnovers than in the in the Napoli game. So that helps the transition. Um there were more final third w- ball wins in both halves which causes more transition which causes more players to run at the same time. But without a shadow of a doubt our lads were sprinting to the ball when we didn't have it and with the ball when we did. Um and the numbers are very, very obvious. Um, Klopp's talked about the uh, historically 120, um, 120 kilometers a game uh, being a reward. We, we were averaging 106 this season, and we got 116 in this one, which is a huge jump up. Um, but there is, the, uh, underneath that level, um, the stuff that sports scientists actually care about is um, having 1,000 high-speed runs. So um you try to get a play you, it depends on which unit you pitch but but the the bigger runners you're trying to get them above 120 high speed runs a game and so we clocked um 1300 in this game and we were down under 1000 um for the season so it's a big jump up and that's the thing that shows intensity in how commentators speak about it but that's how it manifests and it forces opposition into making mistakes, so we can win the ball back. And I, I'm not a big believer in like Klops one twenty or a thousand, uh, a thousand high speed runs or uh, nine hundred high speed meters, um, their sprint meters. I'm, I'm not a big, big believer in those targets. But what I do believe is for a specific set of tactics to work, there is a minimum threshold below which that tactic can't work.
1: Yeah.
3: And and our is our, our specific tactics the pressing the counter pressing is much higher a minimum threshold for it to work than yeah. most other teams and we've been significantly below it.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, and just, just to try and put it into layman's terms as well, so maybe people understand. When we used to have the distance figures all the time and start of UP, say si, um, you you basically used to talk around 5k was half a player, 10k was one player, basically. So an extra 10k versus the Premier League season on the whole, it's like having an extra player on the pitch in terms of the in the in terms of the distance covered. It's just nuts.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, I actually think if for us, it's the opposite, it's us playing with 10 players. And right. suddenly we've got 11 again.
1: Right. Because
3: yeah. if we're out, we averaged two of the last five seasons, um, one 16 and a half, one seventeen, average. average. Um, and this season we've been averaging 10K less than that. You're basically taking out one of the wide forwards.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And then, um, so there's two, there's two levels that we've got the high speed runs, which is more than five and a half metres per second. And then we've got the sprints, which is more than seven metres per second. And the sprints was up 27% against Napoli. uh, And then the high speed runs up 33% versus Napoli, which is just just a week apart. It's just night, night and day, isn't it? It's like,
3: no, And if just just for context, if for people that have been on a treadmill, um, that high-speed run is anything above, I think it's 19 kilometers an hour on treadmill, and sprinting is above pretty much 25 kilometers an hour, 25 and a half, I think it is. So like that's what that that they are the objective metrics that are labeled as mm. these thresholds.
4: Yeah, which which you said in the group, Gags has never done in his life. So I, can also, <laughs> I can also say that I've never done it in my life either. So, this is the levels that they're at. That's how fast they are. We've most of the people listening to this will have never achieved that kind of speed. What What did you say? H
1: HSR was say, in kilometers an hour? Uh, is nineteen? I think it is. Oh, I don't know. If I, um, I don't know. Have I done nineteen kilometers an hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You all. You uh, even even Gags well at some point he would have probably chased he'd been chased
1: and he's run away at 19 times. maybe he was chasing after a girl anyway <laughs> anyway that's enough nonsense right <laughs> um, uh, one last thing s i and you uh, you tweeted about it after the match the fastest speed recorded during liverpool ajax was uh most 33.9 but um, when
3: Oh, it was one specific moment in the game that everybody knows uh, where where he sprinted the the length of the pitch back from one of our busted corners to go and uh, not tackle one of their diving kudu, kudu was
0: it? Kudu, yeah.
3: Yeah, who just dived in front of the next to him because as Mo Mo got there, he blocked off what would have been a shot, so he went down instead. And then Mo just turned around and sprinted the opposite end to go for a uh, basically, he was ready for a sweaty when Diogo broke the whole length of the so pitch. he did. He,
1: did two, he basically did two 60 meter shuttle runs at like 33 kilometers an hour, Matt.
3: Yeah, it's yeah, not, it was actually more than that, but yeah, well. he so so he ran uh, 87 meters back and then he ran 104 meters. Up the other end, yeah. back to attack.
1: Amazing. Now, but the reason I asked you about this because you know, first of all, it was Salah, but the, again, these are the things that we 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 were calling out as lacking against Napoli and some of the other performances this season. Which is which is the intensity to 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 track back with the opposition as they break. But you know, and we saw that instance memorably from Mo, but there was also a lot of others as well. So it was, it, it, it just maybe maybe there's been some very honest conversations. In the last week, in you know, in the dressing room and the, the senior players and stuff, say, si.
3: yeah. My my last thing on this because I, I don't want to ramble too long. We've been on it for an hour. Is not only the effort to get the whole the whole length back, which Mo actually did in the previous game. There was another incident of that but in the game four, but it's it's that we were we were making fouls high up the pitch when we lost the ball. Hmm. So if there was a moment where we uh, uh, there weren't many in this because we got Tiago. So um, we didn't lose possession in high-risk moments. But in the transition from corners, we were sprinting to make the foul.
4: Yeah. yeah. I think we'll come on to it later, but Thiago nearly had 100% efficiency and his only one was was a foul to stop them countering on us quite late in the game.
1: Yeah, and I think there was quite a few, I noticed in the data, Rosie, quite a few of the fails this time were were leading to free kicks, which is a good, which is a better sign than just being. It's
4: perfect. It's exactly what you want. Don't let them break. Don't let them run past you like we were doing against Napoli. Yeah, Yeah.
1: city city tactic, but it worked for them. So you know. Mm. Right. Okay. Now the other thing we need to talk next. We need to talk about um of the theme is um is pressing. It was the intensity. Um. So we talked about the effort, and let's talk about the intensity. Principally, for us, this means. This means the pressing. I'm going to come on to that in a second, Rosie. But Barts, the other thing that um, Sai alluded to is is the, the which enables the intensity is the compactness of the team. And as Pep said in his book, we want we like to play 18 to 20 meters front to back. If if that's the that's the goal, isn't it? Um, yeah. And we were a lot more compact in this match, right?
2: Yeah, I I think particularly if you look at the the centre halves, um, I think it's been a lot of time, particularly second half when we're on top in the opposition half, which I think is always a good sign for us. It shows you that we're really compacting the the space from front to back. That's an old school phrase, but yeah. Um, I think it enabled us to, uh, just from the eye, and I'm glad the data will come and back that up, but the front the, the front seemed to be pressing more coordinated, but they were they because we were so high up and compact. They had the security blanket behind because there wasn't such a big gap between the midfield and the, and the front. So the whole system started to look and work like us, um, and that all comes from being further up the pitch and, and camped in in their half. Um, Yes, as I said at the beginning, IX allowed us to do that because they're playing out from the back, um, as we'll come with some of the targeting we did. But still, we took advantage of that. We some of the touch maps so that they're not as deep in their overall shapes as they were for Napoli. You know, particularly uh, two centre halves, their their touch shapes were pretty much in our uh, eighteen yard box, and the fall length for the pitch cut takes into some anomalies. But the touch maps for this game, they were starting midway through the out half, which shows you that actually there we've shifted up the pitch and we're compacting the space a lot better i thought overall the spacing was a lot better i mean we'll come on to tiago i'm sure as we we go yeah. through it but i just that that hole that we we chatted about a lot that left half that left half space in our in our defensive side just didn't exist for the majority of the game which allows us to do to do the pressing further in front because you're not worried about it. you're not again you're not
1: worried about the negative transition done no and there wasn't there was only there was only a few occurrences of negative transition wasn't it there was and no, that and that's not, not many and that's
2: we'll come on to that with their goal but that that is one of the instances tiago goes and presses really high and uh, they, we just didn't cover the the space in behind there and the, and they broke through so yeah but other than that i think there was one other chance, chance where there, uh there was a, a negative transition um, and then the only other breakthrough was when Diaz tries to keep the ball in from a, from a corner, as I said, they was fighting for it, but rather than let it go out, you fix it into their path and they break on us. So, but other than that, I thought we we dealt with those really, really well with either a foul or just really good space at the shaping.
4: Now, Rosie, Um I'm going to do the match summary first, Dan. Oh, yeah, yeah. of
1: course. Yeah, sorry. That. Yeah, let's do that match summary first. <laughs> it's just... We've,
4: we've, we, I know we had the anomaly against Bournemouth, but we haven't had a decent match summary against a decent <laughs> team, so it'd be nice, it'd be nice to yeah. do one. Um, and I was thinking about this one. It's kind of like arguably as perfect a match summary as I want to see this season, because we created the chances, and I know we had only had one big chance. 24 shots to three is a is your outline numbers, 19 shots in the box to three, 10 shots on target to one, so obviously testing the keeper. Um, and although it was one big chance, there were five chances above 17%, which if if you gave me a game where the opposition had three shots less than 10%, and we had five shots above 17%, I'd take that all day long. Now, we've only got info goals model um, for the individual shot values. But yeah, this was this was good. And as, as Phil touched on earlier, 2.2 to 0.2 is a non-penalty XG. If you're not conceding anything and you're creating one big chance and four very good chances, then that's as good as you want. 2.9 to 0.7 non-shot XG. Um the models were a little bit different. Kayleigh was 1.9 up to Stats Bomb at 2.4. Um, so, yeah, it's it's good. We're still, at, we're still at a minus big chance difference for the season, Dan. 2.25 we've created, 2.5 for the opposition. It's going to be skewed by that Napoli game for a while, but we have to get that back into the positive at some point. But it's just interesting that we've got nearly three times as many shots in the box as the opposition. And I know in the last... Over the season. Pod, over the season. And I know wow. in the last pod we touched on um, 15.25 to 6.63, but... We touched on teams who was just putting a lot of men in the box, and that's why we might be having a high volume of shots in the box and high volume of touches in the box. I don't know if, Sai, you've got the numbers for this game, um, for the touches in the box, but I'd imagine it was high with 19 shots inside there. Um, and, yeah, we're at 20 shots to nine for the season um, across the average, and we're nearly up to one non-penalty XG difference, um, which is where we want to be. But yeah, if we can keep teams under 0.5, which we did a lot last season, we did Mm. a lot and we did it a lot in the title season. That's how you keep runs. It's how you put runs of wins together. Um, With all the stuff we've been talking about, about the running, then yeah, I would like to see more match summaries where we're conceding virtually nothing and creating a good, a good portion of
1: chances. So what what was the XG difference across the models? Was it two? Two. Yeah. Nice. Now that's a that's a dominant win. That's a it's dominant. a dominant win, and and
4: their their goal came from a seven percent chance.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: So yeah. if that happens, that happens. And then they also had another eight percent chance in the second half to nearly got two one up when Blind headed it past the far post. Yeah, but
1: yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I don't think that was a that was a good chance at all but you know the header from there is difficult to score you know it's it's the reason mm-hmm. why it's, it's he's a long way out There's a, the ball's got to carry a long way to get to that far post from there a lot it meters, we talk, and
4: we've talked about hitting the target 10 shots on target is going to win you most games if the opposition only has one yeah yeah The uh, there were
3: 51 touches
1: in the box to 15 51. there we go oh. so we're just like 40, we've had more than 45 touches in the box for about 5 consecutive games now um, what was them? What were your what, what were your other stats in the box? Um, stats on touches in the box uh, say si? there was a couple of good ones. I think I seem to recall. Uh, I don't.
3: Know what you
1: mean sorry, dude? Oh no, I'm sure you said oh, there was one. There was one about centre backs, and there was another one about somebody else having touches. Oh in the back.
3: yeah, our, our centre backs our back four had 27 touches in the box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that must be a first. Uh, which, which in the Premier League would put uh, would would be the
4: ninth best team. <laughs> so our defense was the ninth best team in context. That's mad. Yeah.
2: That's mad. Is that so, someone else some from set pieces though? Right. I mean, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It was oh, some
3: set pieces.
2: The, sure. the center backs had sixteen between them. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that like, we had loads of set. We had, can't that number, we had, we had a good good portion of them in there, and also on second phases as well. It Wasn't just a phase over the bar. It was trying to develop a player, which was coming back. That was it. Was good to see us actually yeah. doing stuff from set plays again, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And there was only 10... Let's do the set play stuff now while i got it, while we've we mentioned it. There's, there was only... We had 10 corners, and there was only three corners that we didn't have a chance from. There we go. Yeah, which is exactly so where season, we were last
4: season. That's yeah. what that was like last season. And also,
2: on those... As I pointed out last week, one of the things we are talking about, maybe effort and intensity, was that when a set piece went not to plan last week... We weren't backing out of course, and you know, I mean, they were breaking us easy, right? Yeah. yeah. So this time round, it was only one, only ever one, one out of ten. Did they get out, get out of our bit, if you like, out, out of our defence and, and break us? So I think that's again another sign that things have have, have changed, somewhat.
1: Uh, yes, um, just on the corners then, quickly to finish uh, set plays generally. Ten shots from court, ten set, te- ten set play shots in total in this game. Three for Van Dijk, three for Matic, one for Bobby. Uh, sorry, four for Van Dijk, actually, and one for Diaz um, and one for Jota. Um, so last season, we talked about set plays all the time. In the in the Premier League, we averaged 5.7 per game. Um, it all comps this season, um, we are now at 6.4 per game. I remember last season was an all-time record for any team in the Premier League. And we've got six goals in eight games, all from corners. Uh, so this is actually... A season-on-season improvement at this point which is remarkable because you know so we had the best ever last season and we've we've actually improved on that at this point um Bart's your favorite nine of the ten were outswingers nine of the ten corners we took were know exactly and the winner as well
2: was an outswinger
1: yeah um mid zone yeah yeah and um can I say word out to Costa Simicus? Right, five five chances created in this match. I think yeah, but not all from set place. No. But he's he, he he's got over fifty percent corner completion on the season. I obviously it's a lowish number, and it it might well come down. But that's just remarkable. Any, I don't think I've ever seen a player get over fifty percent of it complete fifty percent of his corners before. What's the
4: average done? About 20, 20, 25, 20, 25, 25,
1: if that twenty seven.
2: Yeah, toppy, yeah. dirty toppy, but I mean. Yeah. Cost, you're right. Sample size is going to affect it, obviously, but I think we've always said Costas is, is a good player, right? He's just very good. He's just maybe not in it as much as he should do. And I think look, this game was a he was. I thought his delivery all night it was really, really good. Uh, he put the ball into the right areas, and on the set plays, it was. I thought it was brilliant. He put the ball exactly where the the pattern was supposed to be, and it was just down to a uh, size favourite phrase, of 50p heads to put it
1: on target or over the bar, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 50p heads. But you um, can't hit the balls,
2: right? Then yeah, he's done his but, job, right? So, so. so
1: Costas cost is 7 of 13 on the season now, and Trent isn't far behind. He's 44%. He's 11 of 25 on the season from Corners, which is remarkable. Yeah. Um. So the total XG from Corners, was uh, some from set plays, was 092 from 10 shots. So we one goal from 0.92 xg. There you go. But it was the winner. It was the 89th minute. So there you go. <laughs> right. Um but yeah, definitely want to watch Bart's. I mean, I I didn't I mean I didn't think we could impossibly improve on last season's set piece performance, but it's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, but then if you reflect back what we we said
2: and know we joke about the 50p head coming but he's, the size right. You know, the quality of ball in there Is all they have to do is put that ball on target, and I know heading's hard, but if you're getting so what's that ten in that in that game, yeah, Mm. ten into the right area, you know where the ball's going, and they're winning that, they're winning half, then you know laws of probability is just they should get more on target than they are doing.
1: You know, yeah. it, do you know what I mean? It's a thought. It's a thought. It's, yeah, it all I just, depends. I think, I think the key factor, isn't it, always in, 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 in headers is whether it's challenged or unchallenged. Yeah, but if you've yeah. got BVD and Matic, it, yeah. there's
2: not many players that are going to challenge you.
3: No, plus you've got to add a layer to that in that if, if Jota it jumps for a header and he's being marked, uh, that is from exactly the same spot. If Virgil at the same height has the same level of marking... It's not the same, it's not the same level of level of, of difficulty.
2: No, no. no. And Job is also very I, good at the air.
3: Yeah, but I, I think Virgil is the best. He might be the best or top five in the whole world at
2: getting to a header. Yeah. Mm. He's just not that good at actually directing the thing. No. It's like the, this one in the is it first off, the dive-in header. And the key thing film was it in the net. But I'm like, how's he not scored from there? Either side he's, of the keeper is as Either side, not well, it? he's unchallenged. Do you know? What I mean? it's, it's sort of. I just don't. It's, but you see, VV do that a lot of time. I think is right. It's just it's just directing it. When defending, you just go up and you head the ball. He's got obviously he puts it into an area, but when he's attacking, he's deliberately trying to put it into an area. And I maybe it's just okay. not. That's not so your,
1: your challenge, right? So the three mm-hmm. the three of you, right? Your challenge is to find a player, any player, yeah. who consistently scores at a rate. BVD outperforms his XG, right? Okay.
0: Everybody outperforms
1: their XG if I know. their header is. I'm, I'm just going to say, I want you to find somebody. From Corners, who, yeah? Who, no, anywhere who, on header who significantly performs like, like okay. one and a half times more
3: than no, the, the, No, the, the, the challenge should be who improves their XG2.
2: Okay.
3: Who adds more XG2 to their headers?
4: I like it. Let's do it. Okay, I like that. I like that. And because, you, can, because can we already that? established
3: that Virgil is much better at getting to the header than anybody else.
1: But you, yeah, you can't you can't we can't get what Virgil's XG2 from headers is, can we? Yeah. Can we? We only get the keeper. The total for the match for the keeper, right? We don't get no, a if breakdown. You get,
2: uh I think one of the tables I sent to Rowdy, it's got their uh XG XGO2, which is XG2, isn't it? Yeah, on target.
4: Yeah, XG on target,
2: yeah. So it's got their... Oh FopMob. <laughs> Fotmob has got their total XG two, so yeah. Virgil's was point uh, was eight. Is it? Eight, is it eight, my sheet? Eight. Yeah,
1: I've got three years worth
3: of data on it.
1: Yeah, have you? Yeah. From from where? From Fotmob. Oh, it... So that's where I've got that from. That's you've that's, been... that's just IX. You got Mob there. Oh, you've been okay. scraping. You've been scraping for three years, have you? I, I do every I do every week. Yeah. Okay. So which one, go on, do, you to, do you want to read out what the um, XGO2 was for this one then,
2: but um, For uh, Virgil it's uh, 0.08, Matic was 0.07, um, I mean, uh, Jota 0.2, Mo 0.49, uh, Nunez 0.74 uh, for his limited, which goes back to your, your, not a narrative, but a story with Darwin, isn't it? What he is doing, we need to find a way of harnessing that because... Yeah. He he's he's got a quite quite a level of shots per minute for, for Darwin. He, you know he's he's a lot and he he he's only on for a limited time and he's had shot he's won his aerial duels for the game as well. But that's for
0: another story. So, but yeah. So
1: are you are we saying here that Verge and Matic had seven shots between them, but only two were on target? Is that right? hmm Going
0: to football. Okay. That doesn't
1: yeah. seem right so No, I thought no they, were... they had they had three shots on target. Okay. From from, from seven, them. they had three shots
3: on target. They had 0.58 xg, and they turned that into 0.37 xg2, and 0.3 of that was Matic. Okay,
4: interesting. So, interesting. so
3: Virgil's Virgil's 0.28 xg turned into 0.07 xg2.
1: Okay, what he kept hitting be- the ball down. It's gonna yeah. be yeah, it's gonna be very difficult to do that in terms of comparison with other players because you're not gonna be able to scrape that, are you? But okay. So, so I that's why I was that's why I said on XG, you might be able to find other players who are significantly good at um, you know, way ahead of their XG in terms of yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's good
4: homework, Dan. It's good homework.
2: I like the homework,
1: yeah. I like the homework. I, I would suggest
3: that any centre back that scores goals is gonna be is gonna be outperforming their XG. Or or who's that check, Suchek? my god he's gonna bust West out Alme, yeah 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 until yeah, he, moves yeah, into yeah. The field, he will bust anybody that heads the ball a lot is gonna outperform their xg because because two goals from 30 shots is gonna crush it yeah um yeah so okay. I, i've always thought that, it, that it's an unfair comparison to say that he gets much better chances and because he's brilliant at getting chances
1: but you still think? Bottom line is, you think Virgil should score more goals than he does. I've always thought Virgil should get 15 goals a season.
3: 15! And, <laughs> and, uh, and I don't I, know. I don't know if there's ever been a team that had better set piece delivery. I, I was going to say delivery. Uh, I don't agree with 15, but I agree Virgil should get more <laughs> goals in the season. Like, I think I 15. Just... I, every single
4: game he misses, a, he misses a good chance. Yeah, that's fair. It's just the headers are always hard, aren't they? But I would <laughs> say even... top top level ten, so come on. No, but that's
2: my point. I don't I don't he's play... never got anywhere near double figures, does he? You no, know, he hasn't. And that's <laughs> and the that's problem. that's the point. That that is Sai's point, and I agree with him. He, Virgil should definitely score more headers. Virgil is the
3: best I've ever seen at getting to headers from a centre back. Yes, right? that that lean so so he should and, and he's playing in a team that has the best delivery I've ever seen from both sides. Usually, there is one great set piece delivery, but he's got it from both sides. He should be breaking center backs' goal scoring records.
4: I think it's a fair argument. We're gonna to have to find out that.
1: Uh, Thomas Suchek has got eight goals from 6.1 XG in from set place on Understaff. Oh, six. Would you say eight goals from six eight point goals nine. from 6.1 XG? The F brief, or what was that? No. Um, that's, is that eight headers done. No, it's just a set play goal. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, See, so we need to. We need to. I think it's a fair. It I, think, I think it's a fair assumption that near, the near who the yeah. check set piece goals are going to be headers. Well, I think that's kidding. reasonable. You could you could be tarnishing with a bad brush there, Dan. You no, know? I because I had him a fancy team a couple of years ago. Oh, I do you? remember him scoring oh, a lot of goals, it. and you look at that. So.
3: Can yeah. can if we if we're going to go away from the header thing, right? I just want to point out another significant factor in this that kind of it kind of links together the set piece thing, but may but also the intensity thing, right? We had seven, we uh, we had 16 shots in this game from fewer than five passes. We had 13 mm. all season so far. That this was this was a this was back to Liverpool and playing against Ajax who don't fancy this stuff. That um that we the, the quick transition happened all the time. It, it was kind of fluffed a little bit by the second balls from corners. So so we get a corner, there's uh the Virgil heads at the goalie, and then instantly Jota gets the rebound. That's one. Do you know what I mean? But but there was a significant change, is what I'm saying
2: the the goals the same as the one again no uh our goal in this game the first one is Ali to Ali to the front isn't it so
3: yeah 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 repeated the first the first shot we had from more than five shots of more than five touches of possession was in the 65th minute yeah wow uh, so quick football that's the thing that Liverpool are, yeah, at. are is. great at. We are great at making long possession yeah, and allowing really. teams to, yeah. So, so get back to that high turnover, particularly
2: mm. for first goal, right? Set piece or a quick ball like that's kind of used to be our, our thing. Uh, but yeah,
1: no, I agree with you. And um, before we go on to the come on to the pressing, Rosie, uh, Virgil is 17 goals from 14.2 expected from set plays for us, 14.2.
3: Yeah, so
4: 17, 17. just a little bit less good at the yeah yeah 17.4 it's, it's going to take an argument to find an better than i i'm on i I'm, I'm siding kind of with dania i think we're going to struggle to find higher
1: but we'll see anyway we'll let's see. let's let's talk about the pressing Rosie, um cuz yes. you, you you collected this one after last week's misery um oh, give, us, give, us your, give us give us give us give us your give us your overall um thoughts about the whole collection <laughs> Well, I could I could write a, like a mini ebook about this and call it intensity,
4: but I think we'll uh, we won't we won't go down that road. It was it, the first half was just just about as intense a um, pressing performance as I as I can remember collecting. Gags might have done better, but uh, I remember telling you uh, I'd given myself like four hours for the game, and after three and a half hours, I'd just finished the first half because it was ridiculous. Um, it was. It was the complete opposite of what we discussed against Napoli. Um it, was, it wasn't constantly in groups, but it was constantly backing up. So some so they were waiting and waiting and waiting, and then Jota would go and then the rest would back him up. So he would go and press the keeper, and the keeper would punt it, and then there were players backing up. To win that second ball, or they were waiting for their left-hand side of centre half. And I, I'm going to do a filly here and call him number three, but he's got a, he's got a tough name, uh, Bassett. <laughs> Bassett, uh, we're not going to call him. Yeah, I, I was I it, was yeah. calling him because in had, had his first name. Um, but and they were waiting for him to get the ball because if you noticed, he had a decent right foot, but his left foot was yeah. shocking. Yeah. And we kept pressing it and waiting and waiting for him to get the ball and then press and it just either punt it out or just give us the ball back yeah it was quite amazing um so that looked like a target and that looked
1: like an intelligent trigger from Jota um but what say what 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 Barthes was saying um Rosie, what enables the waves is the compactness of
4: course exactly it's so important because they haven't because their <coughs> whole philosophy is to pass it out from the back pass it out through the through the phases and they couldn't because they they didn't have any time to, because we were quick enough to get to him. Mm -hmm. So instead of having a James Milner who who can't get to the player or Henderson or Robertson this season, sometimes Trent, um, the, the players were timing everything right. So they were working as a team. So it was a unit pressing. It wasn't just Jota going, right, I'm gonna wait here and then press, and then hopefully someone's gonna back me up. It seemed like everyone was on the same, him sheet, which is exactly what you need to be... A, and if it, We've talked about it a hundred times doing pressing under Klopp. And that's what we did in this game. We pinned yeah. them back. They tried to pass it out. We didn't let them. They kept trying to pass it. And sometimes we'd let them pass it. Mm-hmm. And then we'd wait for the moment when it got to one of their weak links, which is what Napoli did. Alvarez, they, Alvarez they was out she- and
1: waited for our weak link. He did, yeah. Alvarez was a decent on the ball, but he was still targeted a lot, wasn't he? Rozy, um, was yeah. Yeah, um, um, we, um, you, you thought you made an observation to me that um, it, it was one person who was who um, it, it was dominant leading it, yeah. Jota was leading the press, yeah. And and I think it's I think uh, it, it's just reflection on this is that he had forty eight possession adjusted, which is the most by any player since the semi-final against Villarreal last year Sadio Mane um, so the most of any player this season and it's the first start shot has made isn't it Rosie I don't, uh, he's a big player for us isn't he it
4: is and uh, and uh, even in gangsters games and the games I've collected this season I can't remember saying and Sai kind of touched on this when he was talking about Firmino's form I can't remember saying this season that we've had someone leading the press do you know what I mean so yeah. someone being in charge someone being that conductor yeah. saying don't go yet boys or we're going now and then everyone backing him up.
1: And, and it's absolutely vital. You had some kind words for Mo Salah and Luis Diaz as well? Well, this is what I'm saying. It's the front
4: three. So yeah. we, they, we're holding off. But all, I can, again, the first time this season and the first time I think I've ever collected where the, the front three were the top three in terms of volume. And all of them had 90% efficiency and more. They won the ball um, 40, 21 times between them. Yeah. I mean, look at it. We'll show that we'll put the shot map on uh, and we'll put the press map on, but look at how often we press their keeper. 19 times we pressed their keeper. He must, have been, been having, he must keeper. have been having nightmares about that press <sighs> after the game because I think he turned it over 11, 12 times. Yeah. Um, and Ajax, and it does it does touch on again what Sai says about opportunity. They gave us the opportunity to do this because they were trying to pass it out from the back all the time. Yeah, but but so were Napoli, and yeah. that's the difference. Napoli just knocked it around us, whereas because we, we weren't compact and we weren't. Yeah, we, did have, we didn't have any intensity, IAC's no room to breathe, yeah. and the all the sprint numbers, the high speed run numbers, the t- mm. tall distance numbers, the pressing numbers, everything backs up that we were doing it. It was it was as diametrically opposite. As a pressing performance
1: could be to yeah. that Napoli game. Uh, final one on what um, you said about the backing up and playing in waves. Um, obviously, G- if Gags was here, Gags would talk about the importance of the foundation, which was which was Fabinho and uh, and, and Tiago keeping the back door shut and allowing the, the press to happen. But the third midfielder, Harvey Elliott, Rosie. He, um, yeah, he, he's quite quite an interesting. He's got he's quite an interesting cog in the wheel in the Gagan pressing sense, isn't
4: he? So he's what we're talking about with the compactness he wasn't he wasn't so Jota was very aggressive in his press Diaz was Salah was not only aggressive in his press in the final third but was also and we'll come on to him but he was also backing up Trent whenever they got forward yeah. on that right hand side which is what they did but Elliot it was I'm going to back you up lads I'll be there I'll be there in that space if someone comes out if if it if someone if I need to be there next to you sell so i'll be there if i need to be there next to you josh i'll be there but nothing aggressive it wasn't winning possession much it was just efficient it wasn't letting anyone passed him it, but, this, but this is what we always talk about chains, right we always talk about chains way. don't
1: we rosie and he was 100 efficiency right and then 85 of his presses were in, as part of a chain
4: which is exactly what we're saying saying about compactness and back so up he mind.
1: even though he wasn't winning the ball himself there would often be he would be the second or third press in a chain say a four which did yeah. result in something proactive yeah. yeah
4: yeah and that's how it always worked when yeah. we had so Naby does that or yeah on left or henderson at his best was doing that yeah um and that's what you need from your right eight you want them to back if you're front three you're going to commit to pressing them in the final third if they give you the opportunity. You need that right-hand eight and that left-hand eight and Fabinho then on the second phase if if they're going long to back up the team. And if there's big gaps or if there's a weak link, then they're going to get around you and are going to create huge chances because of the open space that we're leaving. But yeah. when you've got Elliot doing it on this side and then you've got Thiago who was... Right, honestly, Dan, both both the eights in this game, I think, basically had 100% efficiency because Thiago's only fail was stopping them on a counter-attack, and I think it was the 84th minute, by giving away a clear foul. Yeah. Which is so, w- also what you want.
1: The front the front six all had between uh, 26 and 33 presses, which is pretty remarkable. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, just before we move on um, to the individuals um, in terms of the, the ones who made the difference, um, the whole match was in the red zone, Roedsey. Right? So the Papa chart oh, It was really a long time since we've seen that. Yeah. Uh, Pressing chain was aggressive, it was good, uh, and it was well-connected, particularly in the right-back zone as well as the attacking third. Um, And Jota did reach the mythical benchmark of two minutes per press. Um, The the, the, the elite of the elite, there's not many players getting to that. Um, And just as a context for that, Harvey had um, every 2.5 minutes. So there's a lot to like from Harvey in terms of that. Learning the system, learning the Klopp system, learning game pressing. I think Uh, there's other things that we need to talk about with Harvey, but I don't think it's it's not it's not possible to fault his his in the process. It wasn't
4: the pressing in this game, and I think what we needed from both of the eights was to back up the front three, and uh, he did exactly what he did. I I don't know if there's any Pink Floyd fans listening, but we've got. If you look at the pressing map, a pressing heat map, it's just a wall. It's a wall in the middle of their half. And, if and you it's look changed, at Pressing well, chains is yeah. a whole wall
1: where they can't get past us. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very, it's a very old-fashioned Liverpool press pressing viz, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Um Bart say si, anything you want to add on the pressing before we go on to the uh, the rest of this pod? I think it just for me, I was looking
2: at the pass networks you know I do for the games, and I, I've done yeah. one up to the first subs going off. And actually it with the EPV values, and what's things that strike me from that is Elliot's a bit narrower this week. Um, and the, they are more of a midfield three on the past network than they have been in other games. Elliot's still wider, but it, it's it's more of a narrower shape up to the first subs that is. Um what the two here that is shown on screen is a two half split by half. And even first half, Elliot's a lot narrower than he was against uh, Napoli. Um, and the other pleasing thing for me to see our play going back developing is that the darkest redder are our fullbacks um and if you if you uh, the one i've got on my screen is, is up to the first subsidies and that gets even redder as we look to when they we first make the changes which again suggests we've gone back to a little bit our fullbacks being the fulcrum of our developing our play rather than relying on other other individuals in the middle which for me suggests a, bit, a, a little bit of a tweak here and there and also jotter's position and all of the past maps is is higher it's not as deep um so and I think that supports what Rosie's saying in terms of backing up the midfield freer and narrowing this game, which allows them to get the pressing done, which then supports the front. Um, and it allows the two out, you know, the attacking outlets, if you want to Diaz and Salah to get on the ball. And, and Salah's position in this game as a well, average is narrower as well.
1: Yeah, I the mean, the, the front three, all within the width of the 18-yard All box. within the edge,
2: which I think is the first time this season on a pass. That's what we want to see. And that's what we want to see. And then you want to see the two fullbacks, the widest, which is typically how we do that. And then, yeah, yeah for me, you could still go in, in a bit but it's it's better uh for a when he uh, probably when he comes on it plays deeper but i mean i think that's where it is and Nunes for me as we'll come on to i think it's a long-term project he's still not making a lot of connections with the players um and i know he only had what 20 odd minutes 28 minutes in this game whatever it was yeah that's still that's a good chunk of time bearing in mind for to get a line on this map you've got to have four plus with the player it's still He's not making the connections, but that maybe that's some of the learning to where it is and staying in the width of the eighteen-yard box rather than going out wide. But yeah, I just thought there was some elements there of showing that Elliot is was narrower in this game, which allowed the fullbacks a bit more space, which allowed Salah to come in, and and I think that all helped with the system of, of our
1: pressing. So, um say si, anything you want to add on pressing specifically. Nope, you did the good stuff. Um do you because quick one on on Trent and Mo? Um, do you think they went back to both of those players went a little bit more back to basics rather than some of the funky stuff maybe that we've seen so far this season?
3: Uh, no, I think Trent was still it's still in, in the in the centre forward position way too much for my liking. Mo's still a little bit too outs outside the game than I'd like to see, um, but. Maybe steps. We can easily get dazzled because we played better as a team and and our Ajax were worse. And the intent changed absolutely. Trent ran harder than he has, um, given that how how hard he ran in the last game, which really wasn't. If I if I went upstairs to get a drink and came back down again, I would have run harder in this uh, (laughs) this this evening than he did in that (laughs) game. Um, So it was better, it was just better on intent. Um, I don't know if Trent actually was quite as good as some would believe, but like he's trying, I if he's getting some praise instead of giving all the stick, sign me up for that. Most scored, so people are on that. Um, he it,
4: got on the it, end, it, of, a, it, it got it end of a long foo ball, didn't he say? In uh, the box. If- yeah, was that
2: Van Dyke's ball. I can't remember what it was, but it was Van Dyck ball, yeah. 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 Sorry, did you notice that? Um, I thought Costas was taking up that inverted position better than Robbo more often.
1: Uh,
3: yeah, he was. The, I think I I'm not sure how much we changed systems at all. I just think the personnel f- suited the system a little bit better, and yeah, we got better sure. players. We just got for better sure. players. You, we, everything is going to be if we played three at the back, which I wouldn't be averse to. It, we would look better because Thiago's playing. If we play two at the back, which is what we usually do, yeah, and Thiago's yeah, yeah. playing, we still look better and definitely against Ajax. So I'm very happy that we. the outcome was what it was. I thought we were better. I think we were a little bit flattered because of how many set pieces we had.
4: My my final point on the pressing, Dan, is um, there was 100% efficiency in groups. Yeah. Which is, what you, good. Which
1: is what you want, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: Well, just tactically, on top of us being more compact, which we absolutely were more more compact, they were not. So that we had four players pressing their three. So, so our efficiency should go up Agreed. because Agreed. because yeah. yeah, they were taking way more chances than anybody else we will ever play against
1: this season. So it's good that you're sounding a note of caution here. I like that because we can all get a bit carried away with saying, you know. We're, Back to back to basics, and it's all it's all good. But you know, it's it's more like baby steps than in your mind. than, you know, we're there. No, I, I think it's baby yeah. steps. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Right. So 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 let's talk about the three players who made a difference. So we're going to go one by one. Um, should we start with Thiago then? Because you just mentioned him a lot just in that last segment. Um, how much of the improvement can be attributed simply to this is what we in extension of what we asked against Napoli of removing James Milner and adding Thiago Alcantara. Sorry. Um, and
3: or just removing that James Milner from this team and replacing him with anybody not called Nat Phillips is going to be better. <coughs> but I can't say that's a damn. But right, I, don't know, if I just, think that would have done better. It, just with a couple of numbers, right? In this, just think about the how possession if, control to, possession control. Um, Milner's was almost minus seven in forty-three minutes, and Tiago's was guess what, seven. So that's a positive swing of fourteen possessions. Hmm. He is twice as good. He fourteen possessions difference that you have to worry about the transition from. Yeah. It was that, like it was, we can have disgusting. lots of progressive numbers, but the, but simply removing fear is what Thiago does.
4: We it was it was like the last thing I was clinging on to at the end of the last pod. I don't know if the listeners were the same, but it was just like we were trying to figure out if replacing the weakest link with arguably one of the strongest links would make such a big difference. But that possession control stat there is just such an indicator of how important someone can be when they can come in and give you the thing that we've not had all season, which is control. That's possession control as well as hmm. it's just so vital. It's just so
1: amazing on the ball. Is it the possession control side one of the key enablers for the compactness then? Yeah,
3: well, yeah, because you're less, you're. There's less basketball. Yeah. There's less stress so there is less risk you are less there is less chasing there is more pressing there is less recovering there is more possession there is better quality of everything goes on around because you ha- you're not playing with your hair on fire the the on top of the 14 possession swing the um the Tiago had 7.9 meters progressive meters per touch. Bear in mind we were playing in their half. 7.9 progressive meters per touch compared to Milner, who was playing a more attacking role. Even uh, his was 3.9. So it's improving four meters per touch, and Tiago had the most touches
1: on the pitch of, uh, for his time. So, just just to again just to elaborate what we're saying. So. Work this through so the team has better control. Um, the team isn't in transition as much, and therefore, when we do lose possession through a pass or a tackle, opposition tackle, or something, we are in then in a position to gag press.
3: exactly that.
1: We have structure, yeah. Um, top gag impressor, by the way, um, this match, Rosie was Harvey Elliott, with five within two seconds of uh of losing the ball so i think he's another sign that harvey's well suited to that particular side of things
4: and and, and we need the, we need everyone around him to, to to help him and enable him to to put that level of performance in off the ball hmm. because as we've seen he's been a bit of a headless chicken at times pressing because where do you go when you as 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 was touched on by phil i'm saying the last part He was was drifting everywhere. He was going everywhere and then leaving gaps against Napoli. And and either because he thinks he has to cover Milner or he thinks he has to cover Trent or not quite sure. And then, so it's all those things. And he was the. And that's Rosie. That's what I think Thiago
2: does here, isn't he? he? He does operate at times almost like a double pivot with Fab, which allows Harvey to go and do. It doesn't matter if he goes and does that because you've got the two behind him, mopping things up, keeping the ball, keeping ticking it over, keeping the control. So, and also when he wins it, there's a player nearby. He knows where that player is to give it to. You know, if you win it high on the left, you turn around. The Tiago there,
1: get the ball to him. If you Where's the if last you, two if, games, is not there. If you look at the average pressing positions, the Tiago and Fab when they play this, system, they're nearly always side by side. But yeah, exactly. And yeah. It's the
2: same as the pass networks. They're yeah. almost up.
1: So Just to add to a uh, to a little bit, it
2: uh, the progressive passes Tiago had double the amount of Milner in the last game from last game between mm. the
1: two games. So I think it's like six and twelve. Yeah, and they had um, nine. They had nine position, nine possession wins direct from press in between them. All exactly. central, all central, pretty much. You know, ben, just either, either side of the centre circle, basically. Is that also for me? The progressive passes highlights
2: the Thiago's technique. There, we're playing higher up, we're more compact. He still finds the ability to make a progressive pass. Yeah, you know, if you've got a spread out game, that might be slightly easier to make a progressive pass, right? But we're in there half, compact, and he still threads the ball for the iron needle twice the amount as Milner did in the last game in the same position. Yeah, uh, that that quality on the ball and also the the discipline. So he, yeah, he made one error, I think, where he went too high and they broke and scored. Right. The other than that, he was positionally spot on for the rest of the game. I'm here. I'm here next to my buddy Fab. I'm gonna do it here. I'm gonna make sure they don't break on us. And he and he still controlled the game from
1: there. It, I thought it was it was an absolutely superb performance. I mean, if you look at the, on the progressive numbers, on the progressive passing on the metres side, there's some big numbers there from the, from the four, from from Trent, Thiago, Van Dijk, all over 450. That's, that's quite unusual, right?
3: Yeah, 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 it's good. It's, 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 it's better for them for sure. Um,
1: and it, I, uh,
3: I just think. Uh, I you love think him, was... though,
1: basically, you don't, you? That's what you want to say. You love Thiago. I love him. Yeah, yeah exactly.
3: He's, he's, he is probably my, f- Top, he's a top five p- people on earth for my,
1: in my game.
4: <laughs> and you've after, got how after, many children after, and a wife?
1: Is <laughs> this after PE teacher of the year? Yeah, she's number yeah. one. So, yeah, so
4: it's your wife, your children, Salah, and then Tiago.
1: <laughs> I think Tiago's yeah. overtaken yeah. Salah at
4: this where point. Does, where does Klopp come? Oh, Klopp's like ninth. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not
3: a
1: bad this though, to be
3: fair. <laughs> I, I've worked with too many managers to love managers. <clears throat>
1: That's fair, point. Yeah. That's fair. Right. Um. Anything else we want to discuss on Thiago Um. Before we move on to Joel Matip? But I so, like to talk about Joel. Um. And what, what do you think he brings the team? Um. Um. Particularly, which over, say, oh, particularly over, say Joe Gomez. Um. In in a direct like for like comparison. So defensively, he
2: obviously he wins more with Jules then uh he then then Joe we at he 180 percent in this game and Virgil at 89 uh whereas the last game I think Joe was around 50 50 60 I can't believe exactly. Africa but um he's going to win it's, more about his career, it's about his career average is about 60 yeah, 60 Joe? so Joe's higher on that uh as Cy touched on in the intro whereas Joe does the punch ball into the into the front uh, Joel will take on a dribble which can look a bit gangly but it's totally under control and he knows exactly what he's doing and still no one goes to tackle him. So he, he carries that ball into their half or further into their half if we're already camped on the halfway line with committing players and then plays the pass off with, with a simple ball off to, to put us on the attack. He's- not slow over you know he's not quick he's not as quick as Joe but he covers ground uh he he works well in uh one-to-one defending so allows us to defend big spaces mm. not saying Joe doesn't but as a he's combination, he's not he's not, he's, really not well. he's not slow is he he's not he's not he's slow. not no, he's, not, slow. he's not, not rapid but I think it's one of those that once you once you get up to the speed he's he's good at that speed but he's not quick no I think, I think um,
1: he's one of those defenders now he's reached that age where officially where the first five yards are in the head yeah yeah, yeah,
2: he's extremely experienced. He knows what he's doing, and equally, he does not going to get physically. I'm not seeing him physically bullied for it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Joe yeah. in the last game got shrugged off the ball. I know he was having a bad game, got himself in a bit of a spiral, but Joel doesn't have that. He, he sort of just calmly goes about his business. Him and Virgil seem to be a great pair. I mean, Joe and Virgil were a great pair. but Joel and and Virgil seem taking it up another level. And hmm. I also feel. When we're defending our box, we've got another tall player in there, you know. So we're not. There's not any weakness, shall we say, in our box well, for them to target.
1: It's one of the things that we talked about with Van Dijk in, is, mm-hmm. is is in recent times is that the opposition has started to want to go at him, um, yeah. which is unthinkable. But when was the last time the opposition decided to go at Joel Matip? They, they don't and exactly. They, it's a good thing to have him
2: in the team, for you know. And then yeah. opposite, the opposition way, he's also very good. I know we talk about his, maybe we should look at his ability on the ball as well, the chances he gets. But he does get himself in good positions to get the headers and on the first or second phase for mm-hmm. in the opposition box. So again, it go we go back from having two of our centre halves attacking the ball in a set of play and not uh, another player. So when Joe Joe plays, Joe's back covering. Yeah, he's not in the box, which when Joel's in the box, we then have different players covering. So it, it's a, I think it changes the dynamic. Uh, I think on the output, the, the dribbling ability can't be underrated because it, it takes mm. players. It, so let's talk about the
1: tactical around. dimensions there. They bring in size as well at this point mm. as well. Um, and what, 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 so a defender carrying a ball into midfield looks nice, but why is it? Why is that so important tactically? Do you, want, Bart, do you want to have a quick word on this before you before you drop off? Why is that important?
2: Yeah, you know? tactically because generally you're coming into the space and you're coming into into an area where players are marked so if a player has to go and press Matip or or challenge Matip they're leaving an attacker free yeah or they have to, or someone has to then go to that attacker which creates a space somewhere else in the chain yeah and if you've got quality on the ball like Joel has they pick the right pass we can then exploit that space so that you know we talk about systems changing and becoming un, un, unbalanced so by Joel coming into that space potentially creates an unbalance in their defensive setup because they have to either go to him, which then means they have to quickly shuffle around who's marking who in, in their setup, so that creates an unbalance. Or they let him go, and it's a complete variable they don't control, and he plays ball. Uh, um, you play a ball. If you're play a good, if you good on the ball and you play an unpressured pass, it's normally of high quality. We saw that against Leeds last season, dribbled yeah. all the way to the box, played in Mo. But that's because no one went to him. So it gives you two done. If, if the best thing, I think the best thing you want is someone to come to, to challenge Joel when he's in their half, because it then frees up somebody else. And, if, and Joel's quickness of pass means we should be able to create an opportunity from that because he should bit the, pl- the ball, should beat the player, get into the player. And then we, we play a quick one, two, and, and we normally create a chance from that.
1: So that's what it is for me. Did you know that last season Joel Matip had a dribble completion rate of 84%? <laughs> It doesn't surprise me, but that, that he's, totally he's, he's only one, he's, he's only one dribble every two matches. But that's that's
2: something. I'm that's a... impact, so you if you look at the resulting, what he creates from that, that's,
1: yes. that's 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 very, very good for a centre-half, you know? It is, isn't it? I always remember the Moussa Ballet, the old Tottenham dudes, he's like, he was the king of it, he had like three and a half dribbles a match from midfield, and he had like 75% completion rate, just taking out midfielders all over the place.
2: Oh yeah, but he, he had players hanging up from left, right and centre as well, you know, he was yeah. so
1: strong on the ball, and- <clears throat> Matic glides through it. But yeah,
2: I think it, it creates it it changes the balance of the defensive setup for the opposition, which we then exploit from quick passing from that.
4: Just a little uh, contrast to Virgil's heading stats. I just had a quick look. He's had 107 headers for Liverpool, 10 goals from 9.7 XG. Um he's also had eight assists from 6.5 XA. This is Joel. Um, yeah, this is Joel. So he is he is outperforming both metrics, but not in the same level as Van Dijk. So who's the biggest 50p head?
1: <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> anyway, go. we're praising Joel go. at this point. We're not gonna keep, we're not gonna criticize him at this point. We're praising Joel. <laughs> right. Thank you very much for that, Barts. We'll see you um in the international break, no doubt. We'll be in touch. No worries, take it easy. Um Cy, do you want to pick up where Bart's left off? Um, what's your thoughts on um, if you want to elaborate on 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 Joel on the on the ta- his value as a tactical piece, because remember you saying that um, in the Champions League final one of the games, I thought you thought the biggest decision was you know Canarte over Matić, but you weren't sure because of Joel's um, just his ability to carry the ball to the opposition, right?
3: Yeah, it does things for our midfield. It 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 commits players. What I, so people that listen know I love speed. So for me to go against a Gomez selection in favor of Matip, then that has to be a significant reason, right? And fundamentally, I believe that the more players we have in a team that can beat a beat a player one on one, the better our the outcome, positive outcome for our team. And the more players that can beat more than one player, that increases the um our opportunity to attack by a magnitude of probably about 10. Um if you can take two players out of the game, how much space you have then created. It's the it playing Matip is is the opposite of playing Nat Phillips. When you have Nat Phillips at the back, the, the whole team can back the opposition can back off that one player and go and man mark everybody else on the pitch because they know he can't threat threaten you at all. Yeah. If yeah. if Matip is playing, they have to go and put a blocker uh, in his way, otherwise he's going to He's going to run the ball right down their throat. To the, to basically, he's going to run straight at the well, right hot zone.
1: Which game was it last season where he ran all the way up to the edge of the opposition box, played a one-two, and scored? Was it Leeds?
3: I don't remember. I'm too old. Yeah, I think it but was. I think it was. Yeah, that makes sense as well. Yeah. They're terrible, but yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Um, but he, he, but he almost what happen, that multiple say. times absolutely we we have a a girl in my team that does that does the exact same stuff but she's five foot six um Brilliant. um but yeah the, the, that's the thing but but it's not even just that it, that he does that it's that he they know he does that so they have to mark him which also means that there are going to be moments where Virgil is a little bit less marked marked less often because you can't mark everybody that's just not how it works it's just it's just bad numbers um so they they it, it allows them to allows us just to, to move that um quilt around that the um raffers blanket for used to talk about yeah, yeah. raffers blanket there you go um so if so at the back you have gomez is great at punching the ball like 35 yards into the feet of one of the attackers mm. It's never behind the back line. Matip is much better at playing the ball behind the back line and connecting with the back line by by running uh, through midfield and creating space for the eight to to run into and for Mo to drop into or for the ten to drop into and spin off. And Gomez doesn't do that. Gomez is much more likely to play a hard, direct, really accurate pass into one of those lads. So that probably works when you've got Bobby in the team. But it doesn't work when you've got Jota or Darwin in the in team because they're not going to hold the ball and, and, and create a chance from that anyway, most of the time. They're not They're not. not going to allow that play to build. Yeah. So having Matip, just, it it creates so many other things for the team to create from, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. He had a very, very good game against Ajax. Um, uh, Roti, let's talk about that third player. Returning player Uh, Diogo Jota. We've already talked about his pressing um, here, but um, he—he was—it was was a lot more to his performance in this game um, than just the pressing, wasn't there?
4: Well, it was. We haven't even discussed any of the goals, but he was um, like it was in such an accurate. we call it a, a kick out from the keeper, but it was a pass. It looks like a pass, doesn't it? It looks like he's aiming for somebody. Yeah. And as soon as he sees that Diaz is going to go up for that duel, it pulls off into space off uh, Timber, I think it is the defender, and <clears throat> controls it perfectly and then drags the defender in and just dinks it around the corner for Salah. Perfect timing. And Salah's been after that kind of ball all season, really. Yeah. <laughs> where he's one-on-one with a keeper and he just, just knocks it in. And that's and that's what it brings to the team. It's that kind of um, dervishness, that kind of okay, I'm I'm, I'm going to read this better. It's like peak Firmino and now Firmino's not at that level. He can't do that. He doesn't seem to even read it. He doesn't seem to be that high. Mm. Um, <clears throat> that one chance kind of encapsulated everything that he did. He also did the thing when he pulled off to the left hand side, and again Allison plays an amazing pass. Um, and then he uh dribbles into the box and cuts it across for Salah for like a 18 percent chance um at the near post that just, yeah. just misses. This is what he's offering. It's not just the it's not just the off ball contribution, it's not just the lead in the press. Yeah. it's the and I think we did give him a bit of criticism last season, and maybe about his lack of creativity, but in this game, he was he was on it, creation yeah. as well as as well as, and then he had the shot. He had the dribble from that counter attack when Salah and Elliot sprinted back. And uh, we are talking about this in the group. with Um, I was watching it again afterwards. And although Elliot is sprinting, it's funny how fast Salah sprints past him to get into the position. But then Elliot feeds it feeds Jota, and Jota just runs like 60 metres, um, should probably pass it to Mo, who's got there somehow, but he has the shot. Um, and again, that's what he does. So he can carry the ball, he can feed passes, he can pull into space, lead the press. Oh, it's exactly yeah. what we've been missing all season. Yeah, and I,
1: I think, uh, so. I mean, you, you, you called him. Gary Lineker very early on with his style of play, um, and but it's fair to say I think that since that first say six to nine months when he was barely involved in build up and um the la- especially during his drought he's become a lot more um of a creator for others. You it, it, it think it's his sixth assist since he last scored? Yeah, um, which is pretty remarkable. Really. Um, I mean he will score again. I mean he was pretty close in this match to be fair
3: um he was he, he, had, he had two he had two cracking jam two cracking shots but I, I think i I'm not I think we can get we can get caught up in the whole attack um like scorer or creator he's he's just a good player I think his instincts are to I'm gonna rip your throat out um and that's kind of it kind of drags everybody else along with him because
1: his attitude he, i like his attitude I think it's top class yeah have you changed I, your opinion on him then side what do you mean?
4: I mean just, like, like you framed him as kind of a Liniker without the um, chance creation portion of his game. Is he kind of?
3: No, I was just trying to be more. Com- com- I, I was just trying to be of off instead of argument.
4: <laughs> yeah. But is he becoming a more complete player while he's with us, or is he? I, I'd
3: hope he would improve at his age. I think he he does he does some nice. I think he's he's much similar to Mane. Eh? In that occasionally he'll make he'll he'll be pick the ball up a little bit deeper and make a pass that ends up as a goal. I don't think he's going to create a pa- create a goal with a pass. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's is usually he is making a pass and then bombing to go and get get a goal just in case the pass comes back. Yeah. And it's and Bobby absolutely true. does not do that thing. He cannot do that. I think he, he never did, but he definitely can't do it anymore. Yeah. I I, I'm really interested into what Darwin does because uh, I've I, I've seen probably five hours of him play football ever and that's probably a stretch as well so I don't actually know what Darwin does I've heard lots and lots of people say lots and lots of things about him I like him he looks he looks rapid um, he has the highest recorded speed in the, in, in Europe this year um, so he's Is he fast really? yeah yeah, yeah. Be- he
1: yeah wow when was that
3: Oh, this year, not this season. Oh, this year is uh, his highest record. Of speed is thirty-six point nine k. So that's rapid.
1: So probably, probably one of the times against us in the Champions League when he was running into wide open space.
3: Yes, yeah, possible. <laughs> uh, but he, he he has a thirty-five again for us. Uh,
1: I think against Fulham. Wow. So he's yeah. very quick. We just need to we just need to learn how to play it. All right, Okay. Let's let's do the Darwin stuff now quickly. Still hasn't played three. Even when you include the charity shield, he still hasn't played three full games for us. Um, And his shot count is now up to 22. So 7.6 per game. I mean, this game, very much like the others in build up, he seems to be a bit of a pinball machine site. But um, if you can, his movement off the shoulder of defenders down the channels is just a dream, isn't it?
3: It is I, I it's really good to have the this chat um, like following on directly from Jota and when I said Jota is a killer and he wants to score goals but he he, he just wants to kill whoever whoever they're playing it whoever he's playing against so he'll he'll get it he, no matter what he's getting in the box I think that is his the way his instincts rule I think Darwin's instinct is much more I'm gonna get a shot. And that's a different instinct than what Jota has.
1: That's yeah, different it, in that you're going to... And see what happens. To, I'm going to get a shot and see what happens.
3: I'm going to shoot. Is So his, his first thought is, how am I going to shoot? So sometimes he's going to shoot when he shouldn't. Right. I don't of think course. you don't see that. You don't see Jota do that as much. He, but he is uh, from from what I can see so far, he is more likely to be on the end of the chance.
1: Yeah, I think I, Darwin probably has that. I don't think there. Jota could do that. that Darwin shot that volley against Everton. I don't think I don't think Jota could even attempt that shot.
3: I don't know. I I I, I see it in training all the time. Okay. I, that's that's the thing with football that you stuff you see on the pitch. Like unbelievable bits of skill, like you actually see that stuff happen all the time in training by players that aren't so like reputedly skillful. Right. So so I I was I was way less dazzled by that. Um, it was lovely, and if that had gone in, then that tells me something different about him that he has got some kind of evil genius in him that I'll take. But it didn't, and you know, saved. Yeah, but it was down the middle. It wasn't the corner. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Boy <laughs> <laughs> chest down on
3: That's <laughs>
1: yeah. beautiful but you know. Yeah. yeah. He, okay. he's good. He, yeah.
3: I, I, and I'm not trying to undermine Darwin. I I literally have no judgment of him at all. I don't know how good he can or will be yeah. in any way. I've just see traits so far. I like the things I see in him. I think he's this type of player. I might be completely wrong. I think I'm better about judging Di- Diogo. I think UP judges Diogo, more highly than most of the Liverpool fan places or fans in general. No, I agree. I think, I think we're, we're really did. lucky to so,
1: have it. Once <clears> we do. So just wrapping up, though, well, the, the best, most important thing, Sai, fingers crossed, or touch wood, following the international break, is that we will have the five forwards. And like this game, it was three start, two come on. And we're going to be able to do that through the insane spell after the international break-up to the World Cup, Right.
3: Yeah, and the insane spell, which is actually going to carry on now for the whole season, so because of the stupid two games we've had cancelled, that fills up the the two blank weekend, uh, right. two blank blank weekends that we potentially have from cups
1: or the, well, the good news if we is we do anything stupid. Is it Diaz and Salah aren't going to the World Cup, are they? So, no,
4: that's yeah. right. I would, I would just ca- counter a little bit of what uh, we're saying about Nunes. I'm a little bit concerned by him ever leading the press.
1: Um, He's a night. non-factor, right, Roti? It's, it's just like the other players, it's just the other lads, right? He won't be able to, but I
4: mean, we're talking about the how vital Jota was in leading it and how good and how compact the team was behind him and how all the stats have hugely increased on the Napoli game. As soon as Nunes came on, it was a bit of a factor in that we kind of lost that structure just because there was one guy doing his thing, whereas yeah. he wasn't doing a team thing. I don't yeah. know whether he can learn it. If he's got the pace, I don't know why he couldn't, but he needs to look and kind of learn that. And there was a couple of instances, particularly early on, where he was um wasn't wasn't getting close to the player. I wasn't reading the situation. And then they kind of played through us, which was one of the first times in the game. So that's something that's gonna come though. Like you say, he's only had three full games. So it's can, not a judgment. Can. It's not a judgment, it's
1: a it's Watch the space. There's a lot of work to do on both sides, isn't there? We need to learn to play with him. He needs to learn to play with us.
3: Yeah, but can I add a caveat What's to that? The- right?
1: We we we
3: constantly talk up Klopp, right? And probably rightly so. He's been amazing for us. We've had the, one of the greatest times in Liverpool history during his tenure. And the so many times we've had this incarnation of the system that he's created. Whatever this lad has to fit into that thing. But coaching is about getting the best out of everybody, getting the best 100%. out of that lad Agreed. as well. So Klopp needs to also integrate both him into the system, but also the system needs to fit him in. Because why were we buying a lad with totally different um, traits, physiological, physical traits and tactical traits yeah. to do this one job? It can't have been to fit into Bobby's role.
1: No, 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 no. But but if you, I think it was pretty clear that the double sub took us to a four-two-three-one straight away, didn't it, side? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I hate Bobby's a ten. I've always hated Bobby's a ten. I don't believe okay. he can play as a ten.
1: Anyway, but then that was that. That was the the thing with them. Um, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, and to be fair, Darwin basically um almost set up slash scored the winner um with the with that shot cross come shot. I think it was going in, wasn't it, Rosie? That, that shot from Nunes before the keeper. Yeah, it
4: deflected it? out. It deflected out for Korn, yeah. it?
1: Yeah, but yeah, so that would have been. That was before the winner, wasn't it? That was about ten minutes to go, was it? He also had a shot
4: just just inside the penalty spot that he dragged wide as well. Oh, <laughs> most it, to him. it was a, like a little floated Fabinho, um floated through ball, and then
1: more plays a lovely little cushion pass, and he just yeah. dragged it wide, didn't he? Just dragged it wide, but foot wide, you know. Right, okay. Last um last question. Um uh we talked a lot about weak links last week. Um and just wanted to say, like, right, if we had to surmise, who would what would who would be the weak link in that performance against Ajax? Would it be Harvey or would it be Trent or any other candidates that you can think of? We talked about the importance of weak links last week. Rosie.
4: Yeah, I don't think we had a weak link in this game. I think more. More because of, more because of Ajax than us. Yeah. Um, I think they just played the complete. Like it's, the contrast is unbelievable. They played completely into our hands, and Napoli played com just avoided it. Avoided took, it. A, yeah. took advantage of our weaklings. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so we might. So Trent might have been one. Uh, Elliot might have been one. Simikas might have been one. If they'd have played it right, mm. but they didn't. Their tactics
1: just set up perfectly for us. So, so you want to see us do this performance against a team who trying to do like a palace tactics or Napoli tactics, yeah?
3: Or any other type of tactics rather than the thing that they were basically target practice for the thing that we have rehearsed for the last seven years. Yeah. I did the, the, you can say Trent or Harvey. I think their goal was, the thing that they both didn't do very well and it was the one example where ajax did that thing that everybody else has been doing yeah and it was a brilliant ended up being a brilliant finish to go in yeah but but tactically what they did the the second at which that they paused and then their midfield runners diagonally ran away from trent left him with that shall i go and press shall i follow the runner sure neither that but, is the thing that Trent can never get past. He he, he doesn't have, he's, he's instinctively not that player. So he only defends in a way he's been tactically taught to. He doesn't instinctively do the right thing defensively, which is what we talked about with Diaz and Mane, the difference between Diaz and Mane in the other end of the pitch.
4: Yeah, the difference between Jota and Nunes.
3: Yeah, but 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 Harvey is also the same guy. So Harvey, you can teach to press. He will tactically follow people and be in the right areas, yeah, yeah. but he doesn't know when he. Neither of them know when danger is occurring. Yeah, hundred
1: um, percent. Can I guess one caveat on that though? Say wasn't the wasn't the, Ajax goal after a very long period of possession for them? Yeah. Now is that is that part of the process? But Ajax had it and they kept it and they kept it and then. Well,
3: because yeah, but what we talk about and um, uh, playing long balls in behind Trent, but that's not the weakness. The weakness is isolating him against multiple players and then having players run in the inside slot. And if you can hold somebody in in the corner in his peripheral vision outside him, unless unless the eight has gone to mark that player. He is constantly thinking, do I have to go to this guy or do I have to go to that guy? Oh, what, what did you do? Oh, it's too late. And Harvey should have gone with a runner again, the same as against Napoli. And he didn't. And it caused the overload, which ended up with, with
4: Kudu getting the shot, which
3: was an unbelievable finish. It was.
4: The cross megged Matic, which is unlucky. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. But uh, like none of none of the actual defending or of the defenders caused the goal it was the structure that broke down just by two not even bad decisions, just poor instincts yeah. which which are very obvious everybody knows about and can exploit yeah and by playing the two of them together, there's nobody to counteract it
1: um. My final question for the pod site um, on the Elliot roll. Um, my old-fashioned view, we, we always used to talk about this, so the system for years now, the system needs to facilitate Mo Salah. Um, and then the best way to faci- facilitate Mo Salah is Trent Alexander-Arnold. I, I'm i struggling to see how the Elliot role does either of those things, allows either of those things to happen. It's almost like, for me, he's kind of getting in the way of both of them. I don't know if that's a bit mean because he has been a good player overall this season. Um, am I being mean or am I, is there a, do I speak the truth?
3: I think probably a little bit. I, I want to see Trent play the ball earlier to Mo. That's what we all want to see so right. we can create a, a moment of transition. It's really hard structurally. We're not playing teams that allow us to do this transition thing because we're not winning the ball where they're unstable. We're winning the ball where they've got two lads up front. We've got the ball back, and they already have ten players back. So we have to try to build ponderously, slowly, and stretch them. And it's it that it's the quick it's the quick ball from Trent to Mo. That's the thing that we all remember. That that's the vo- the volume of which are the, is the is the single most valuable pass to Liverpool in the last six years. And because now he's not doing it, it's Harvey's fault. But I think it's a structural thing that we're not getting Mo high enough in the pitch to cause transition. But there's not enough transition going on. That's the bottom line. I think we might hit that pass earlier. But I I think Harvey's role probably plays... An, uh, it, it, Harvey's position plays a role in in how those three interact and that Trent ends up going inside because they've they've made provisions for Harvey to be outside because he can do the things outside that Trent does. Yeah. Um so you're not losing that stuff theoretically. Um but uh, I don't think Trent can do the things inside that Mo does, so why are you bloody doing it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the tinkering, the tinker. I just don't see the value in the tinkering.
3: Who wants to see Trent playing as the as as the most attacking player? Who, who I don't want to see Trent chasing. I ben want to Sanna see Mo Salah there. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
3: You get Mo Salah a uh, Mo Salah chance, he scores.
1: Yeah, within reason, yes.
3: Yeah, within reason. Of course, anybody's going to miss. Everybody misses. Messi misses. Yeah. But you just need to get if it. It's an analytics-driven team. You need to get your your most likely scorer the most chances.
1: Yeah, it's, there's an old maxim, isn't there? In life, that if it ain't broke, don't don't try and fix it. And I just don't know what with this with Salah and Trent. I just don't know what I'm trying to fix. <laughs> so with with all this tinkering, but um, yeah. Anyway, we shall see. I mean. Um, but we, we've got a long time to wait for the next game. It's Brighton. Um, and then it's a double header. It's Brighton and Rangers. So there you go. They're, uh, uh, uh side. There's your game against the low block team. Anyway, Rangers for sure.
0: Is that right? Well,
3: Brighton are going to be as well because.
1: No, Brighton are just going to do deep possession and like they always do and stuff, aren't they? Pass, yeah. pass, pass. So that's going to be a different challenge and we shall see.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, but we will be back with a double header after the international break. Um, probably be about
0: the 6th or 7th of October. Um, but until then, up the reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community